we take one little swig, we might need to stand up and do some calisthenics. Good, we got to praise the Lord. Oh, God is so good. The sun is shining. If it was raining, he would still be good. I love the Lord. He is so good to us. Ah, oh, what an awesome presence of God that we have here. Whew, yes, his glory is here, Brother Richard. Whew. Wow. Wow. Oh, I like the presence of God. There's nothing, nothing, nothing like it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine waking up in the morning and not having him with me. What a sad thing that would be. Oh, but I'm so thankful that I can be assured that he will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm so thankful to know that I can just wake up every morning and that he's going to be there. That I don't have to worry when I go to sleep at night. That I don't have to wonder, God, are you going to be there in the morning? And I can put my head down on the pillow and just know that when I wake in the morning, he's going to be there. And then if I don't wake up in the morning, I know where I'm going to be. Whew. Wow. Wow. What a peace. What a joy. What a comfort. What an assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Wow. 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 What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, the old people had something. I took a test yesterday on Facebook. I don't do those quizzes too often, but I'm really glad that I passed this one. You know what? I'm vintage. I'm vintage. I'm glad to be vintage. I know the old landmarks, Brother Richard. I know the old landmarks. I know what a cassette tape is. I know what an old Singer sewing machine is. I know what an old treadle machine is. I know what an old, you know, I know what the old things are. I know what the old carpet banger thingy, you know, I know what the old things are. I know why the old landmarks were put in place. Yeah, I know what the old vinyls are. I know what, why the things of God were put in place. I know what my core values are. Glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved. And I'm thankful that week after week after week after week, when I hear the door open at certain times here at Calvary Apostolic Church, I know that I know who's coming in the door. I know that there's some unshakable people that have their core values set, that have their identities firm. I thank God for that. 
I thank God that we're laying some foundations. I thank God. I thank God that when I go to family camp and they say, hey, how's the church in La Crosse? You know, some people may hang their head and say, oh, you know, we're not growing. But I thank God that I can say with an assurance, we're laying a foundation. We're laying a foundation so that God can build on it. You can't build a house, Brother Terry, until the foundation is laid. I thank God for the foundation. I thank God that our core values are steadfast and unmovable. We have been talking about our core values. And we have established the fact that our core values are those things. Oops, I have to go forward. Thank you, Brother DeMuth, for having the slides ready. That our core values are those things that we hold at the center or the foundation and that we desire the most. One thing do we desire and that do we seek after. That we can be in the presence of God. What we base our lives on and our identity is our character and what we're pattering, pattering our likeness after. <laughs> our likeness after. So we've discussed what we were. Thank God we're not those things anymore. We're not going to get into that. We talked about it last week. We were liars. We were the scum of the earth. We were scumbags. We were dirt bags. We were all those things that, you know, Ephesians talked about. But we're not that anymore. The things of the past, the times past, but we're dead. Dead people don't do those things anymore. We don't sin anymore. We don't even struggle with the sin anymore. We don't have to struggle with sin anymore. Settle that in your spirit now. Dead people don't walk around. Your old man is dead. Period. End of sentence. The old Pam is dead. I don't struggle with the things I used to struggle with. I don't desire the things I used to desire. There's some things that God told me to give up that you don't struggle with. How many of you eat chocolate? Is chocolate a sin for you? No. God told me to not eat chocolate. I know, for some of you, that's just unfathomable. (laughs) And that's fine. I don't struggle. I know, it's so sad, isn't it? Here, I'll bring you a tissue. Because it would be sad for you, but it's not sad. I don't struggle with that. Because God told me that part of me is dead. It's over. It's done with. Well, it's not. that's not entirely true. Every once in a while, sugar at Christmas time, it kind of that smell, it's a memory thing. It's just a memory thing. But I don't struggle with it. I don't struggle with cigarettes. I don't struggle with alcohol. I have no desire to have alcohol. None. Zippo. None. I can walk down 3rd Street. I have no desire to go in and have beer, alcohol. None of it. See, it just gags me to even think of it. Blech. The old is dead. It's gone. 
It died at the altar of repentance, and the old Pam was buried in watery baptism. And a new Pam rose up. You can all say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, because you wouldn't have liked the old Pam. It's over, it's done with. And the same is true for you. If you repented and you were baptized in Jesus' name, it's done. And if you were filled, are filled, are filled with the Holy Ghost, he gave you power to walk in newness of life. You don't struggle with sin. If you are struggling with sin, it's because you have allowed the old man to resurrect. That is a myth and a fallacy that the enemy of your soul feeds you. Oh, I struggle with. Then crucify it again. Go to the altar and say, you are dead. Get out of here. Look the enemy of your soul dead in the face and say, Satan, get thee behind me. You are a liar, a liar and the father of all lies. Get thee behind me. You have no business in my life. Get out now in Jesus' name. Poof. Finish it. And then walk on in newness of life. Don't believe the lies. The lies are over and done with. And quit lying to yourself. Got it? Do you have it? Say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. You have power to walk in newness of life. You have to believe it. If you don't believe it, you're going to just be like that that rat on a treadmill, squirrel, whatever, hamster, whatever animal you like. I don't like them, so I don't go there. I don't like treadmills. I have one in my basement. You want to buy it? See me after Sunday school, after discipleship class. I don't like treadmills. They don't get me any place. It's like worry. It doesn't get me anything. I like rocking chairs, but I don't like worry. It gets me nowhere. It's a waste of time. Okay? So the old man, that's what we were. So we, oh, I have a slide here. That's like the caterpillar, the old man. Remember that slide from last week? But now we're new, but, but gods. My slide's not, there we go, butterflies. Now you're a beautiful butterfly and you're flying above the dirt of the ground. So we talked about all that. However, you have to keep that inward man renewed. You don't struggle with the old man, but you have to keep the new man renewed. Because that old man is going to try to resurrect. But you have to keep the new man renewed day by day. Who gets fed is what's going to live. Feed on the word. Keep the word alive. We used to have this wonderful invention called CDs. Remember, I'm vintage. VHS tapes, cassette tapes, those big Mongo eight-track tapes. Then we went to little cassette tapes, and we went to nifty CDs, and now we use MP3s, and now MP4s, and who knows what we have else. You know, now Bluetooth and all that. You get it. Play it over the airwaves. Keep the word, read the word, live on the word, the word, the word, the word. Jesus is the word. When you have the word being fed into you, it's like feeding on Jesus, God, God in you, the hope of glory. When you keep the word in you, you are feeding the Holy Ghost in you. If you're not eating the word, you are spiritually starving yourself. I'm not talking about your two and a half chapters a day of the bread program. 
How many of you only eat one slice of bread a day to live? Thank you. I didn't think so. How many of you only eat one meal a week? Thank you. Well, I have to probably keep my hand to myself. But anyway, but eat the word. Have a steady diet of the word. You cannot get too much of the word. Get rid of the time wasters in your life. When you're riding in your car, something, I don't care how you do it, but play it, listen to it, feed on it. Okay? That's how you're going to strengthen, renew the inward man. Though this outward man perish, faint, go away, perish. You know, for the longest time, I thought that that meant I'm going to get old, you know. I was 20, then I turned 30, then 40, then 50, then 60. Maybe I'll turn 70, maybe I won't, whatever. Cross that. But that's not what I think that that means. Though this outward man perish. I really want this outward woman to perish. I want you to see less and less and less of this fleshly person. And this inward man, this inward Holy Ghost Jesus person to be renewed day by day by day. I want you to see more and more of Jesus and less and less and less of this earthly vessel. Now, maybe that's not what it means. But though this outward man perish, less and less and less of this fleshly being, this earthly temple, earthly vessel, and more and more and more of the inward Holy Ghost, Jesus person, be renewed day by day. So that when you see me, you see Jesus. When I see you, you see Christ in you. When you walk in, they say, poof, whoa, there's Jesus. You got to put on blinders, sun, sunglasses, not blinders, but sunglasses, because you shine so bright. Maybe not, but <laughs> just my thought when I was studying through that. So core values, identity, who we are in Christ, that's what that means. God doesn't do anything part way. Well, you know, I'm just a work in progress. And we do sing that song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Sun and the moon. Yeah, that's the kid's song. Don't teach it to him anymore. We're moving on to perfection. I got it. That's what the Bible says. But we're to be perfect. Be holy as he is holy. Let him complete the work in you. I don't want to be a half-done, half-baked cake. I want to be done. I want to be perfect. I want to be holy as he is holy. So who am I in Christ? Did you finish your homework assignment? Oh, I got one. Yes. Yay! I'm going to shout for joy. Woo! Keep working on it. If you haven't finished it, I won't fuss you out. But just keep working on it. And if you've finished it, keep going over it. Keep in the word. Keep that assurance going. It's important that we know who we are and keep ourselves encouraged. So we're going to talk about how having our core values, our identity secure in Christ, just four ways. 
that it changes our lives. So I told you last week about the love, knowing that we're loved. Knowing that Jesus loved the world, we talked about that briefly last week. Knowing that for God so loved the world, as John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world is a wonderful thing. It's wonderful to know that he loves the whole world. But how much more assurance comes when I know that he loves me? I mean, it's great to know that pastor loves the whole church. But he loves me the most. He comes home with me every day. He takes my garbage out every day. He mows my lawn. He buys me roses. And he, you know what I mean? He loves me the most. Right? Brother Wayne loves you. You know what I'm saying? Now with Jesus, it's not like that. Jesus loves all of us the most. Right, but we don't always grasp that fact. We just kind of think of him as loving everybody. But we need to know that he loves me. For God so loves Pam that he gave his only begotten son. That Pam would not perish. That Pam would come to repentance. That Pam would put your name in there. If I was the only person that was alive, he'd have done that. He loves me. He loves us. Individually. Yes, as a group, but individually. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will comfort me. He's as close when I call his name as when you call his name. He hears me every time I call his name. Think about that. I have to be assured that the God of all creation loves me. And it makes a difference then about my identity. Because if I'm not sure of his love, I'm not secure in my core value. Because if I'm not secure in his love, I'm not secure in my identity. I'm not 100% sold out. Because it makes a difference. You can't. It just makes a difference. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's mine. So the first difference is I no longer, we no longer chase after the desires of our flesh, but instead we seek to bring glory to God. I never wanted in all areas of my life, I don't want to do anything that would embarrass or disgrace my God. I don't want to do anything that will discredit him. Oops, would this taint my witness? 1 John 2, 15 through through 17 says, Love not the world. That kind of surmises the whole thing. (laughs) 
when I'm secure in my identity in Christ, when my core identity, my core value identity is in Christ, I don't love the world anymore. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I'm not secure in my love of him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So, once I'm secure in my core value identity in Christ, I'm not going to keep chasing after the desires of this world. I'm going to be secure in my identity in Christ, and he's going to be my desire. I'm going to start seeking the things that bring him glory. I'm going to start seeking the things that bring him credit. I'm going to start seeking the things that he desires. I'm going to be secure in him and the things that matter to the world, if, it, if they don't matter to God, they're not going to matter to me. I'm going to ask myself, what matters to God? And that's what's going to matter to me, first and foremost. Now, there's some things that I can do that are okay, but then there's some things that I can't do because they're not okay. If my core identity is founded on Christ and my identity is secure in him, then I'm not going to be this way one minute and that way the next minute. I'm not going to be that yo-yo, back and forth, or up and down, up and down, back and forth. Ping pong ball, I guess, would be back and forth. Yo-yo would be up and down. When I have put on, remember last week we talked about the put on Christ, the jacket, zipped up, buttoned up, snapped up. I'm going to be established. People aren't going to have to wonder how they're going to find me. I get concerned for I get concerned when I and I want to be careful how I say this. I get concerned when our core value identity is not founded enough in Christ that people have to say, well, I'm not sure if it's a good time, good day to go talk to them because you never know how they're going to be. That shouldn't be. (laughs) Because we should be steadfast and unmovable. When you come and knock on my door, you should know how you're going to find me because I'm secure in Christ. I mean, we're all going to have ups and downs in life, but the peace of God passes all understanding. He keeps my heart and my mind. It doesn't mean to say that I'm never going to cry. I'm going to cry if, if horrible things happen in my life. I have emotions. I have up days and not so good days. I have happy days and sad days. Emotions are emotions. They're God-given. We, we all have. Happiness is not the same as joy. Tumult is not the same as peace. We do have, we have emotions. Emotions are God-given. You've heard me teach that if I don't care how much Holy Ghost you have, if you slam your finger, if your finger gets slammed in that door, it's going to hurt. We have feelings. We have emotions. If you say something horrible to me, 
it's going to hurt my feelings. However, I shouldn't cuss you out. I shouldn't scream at you. I should be able to take a deep breath and respond as a Christian because my core value identity is established. There's a difference. The response is difference. Does that make sense? So we should be straight as an arrow, not wavy as a... Does that make sense? Okay. So when we've put on Christ and we're secure in him, failures will not crush us. We're going to have failures in life. Get ready. If you haven't failed yet, you will fail at something. You're not going to succeed at everything. You might get an F on something. You might get fired from a job. You might be let go from a job. You may face a friend deserting you. Someone may die in your life. You may get in a car accident. You may cause a car accident. You may, I mean, something may happen in your life that is a failure. Get ready. If it hasn't, it might. But it won't crush you if your identity is secure in Christ. See, that's the beauty of being secure in Christ. Because whether you're secure in Christ or whether you're not in Christ, life is going to happen. The Bible tells us that it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. Life is going to happen. Everybody that is on the earth was born. And everybody that's born is going to die. Or going to be rapture. the rapture is going to happen. God's going to come back and poof. So something's going to happen one way or another. So it's going to rain. If, if it's raining out and we all walk outside, everybody's going to get wet. Whether you're in the church or out of the church, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Life is life and it's going to happen. The difference is, the difference is, is that those of us who are in Christ should be able to walk outside and when it's raining, have enough of the Holy Ghost in us to know that God has sent the rain to water the plants. And it's a season of rain. And it won't rain forever. It's just a season. And the sun will shine again. God will see us through the rain. Or he will provide a shelter and we can come back inside. The difference is, is we have security in Christ. So the situations of life when we are in Christ will not crush us, is what I am saying. The people who are not in Christ, the situations in life will happen the same as they happened to me. My car and their car crashed. I'm in Christ. I can get out and say, are you okay? And they're going to get out of their car and say, you idiot! When in truth, they crashed me. Difference in reaction. I responded, they reacted. Make sense? I'm in Christ. I'm secure. I have a covering. They're just out there getting wet and they don't see that the storm is ever going to quit. 
you're, you're okay. So when we are secure in him, when my identity is in him, weaknesses will not destroy me. You are not going to be strong in everything. If you think that you are good at everything, you are lying to yourself. There's something that you are not good at. But then there's some things that you are really good at. So, but your weaknesses will not destroy you when you're secure in Christ. When you are secure in Christ, you will not fall into pride from from your successes. The same way that your failures will not crush you, your successes will not cause you to be prideful and haughty. People that are not secure in Christ cannot take compliments well. To me, that's a, that's a quick indicator. If I say to someone, oh, great job, and they have to give me a hundred reasons why it either wasn't good, or they can't just look at me and say, oh, thank you. God is so good. There's nothing wrong with receiving a compliment. Hey, that's a really good color on you. Oh, thanks. I'm going to move on. But the other side of that is, whoa, yeah, I know I'm looking good today. I mean, there's both, neither response is good, right? I mean, one is low self-esteem and the other is very prideful. So, but when you're secure in Christ, you know, without him, I can do nothing. So, um. When I'm secure in Christ, I will not despair over disappointments or tragedies. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it to prayer and trust God. God will work all things together. For good and for his glory. He will work if I let him. Nothing I can do about it anyway, so there's no point in both of us losing sleep. God's working it out. Uh, he's going to be up all night anyway. I might just well get sleep because without sleep, I get really grouchy. I mean, there's no point in me despairing over what I can't control anyway. But if I'm not secure in him, I'm going to despair over it. When I'm secure in Christ, I won't let... I won't get lost seeking temporary pleasures and empty satisfaction that the world offers me. I heard something yesterday, and I can't remember the dollar amount, but it was like gazillions of dollars that are now wasted on temporary pleasures. Do you know how much they charge for these, like, instant gratification things online? I mean, it's just, like, mind-blowing to me. I used to be blown away by what we spent for Christmas gifts for little children. Now it blows my mind what grown adults are spending on themselves. I'm just like, whoa! I used to be blown away by what grown adults were spending on alcohol and cigarettes. 
now it's on other things. I'm just like, wow. But I won't get lost in seeking temporary pleasures of this world. I know of adults that spend hours. I I won't get into it. It's none of my business because maybe you're one of them and I don't want to meddle because I want to live in my happy world where I think everyone's secure in Christ in their core values identity. So my life will have meaning that does not change with the times. Rather, I will have the stability that comes from the eternal hope that Jesus Christ offers. Remember that the outward man is perishing and the inward man is being renewed. So whatever whatever my shortcomings are, remember we all have some shortcomings and we're renewing that inward man day by day. Day by day. How are we renewing that inward man? By the word. The word. By the word. By the word. So whatever we need to work on, the word, the word, the word, the word. Okay? So, number two. We no longer fear the future, nor do we dwell on the past. Romans 8, verses 14 and 15. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It was brought up by, I think it was Brother Richard brought it up, the first lesson. Some people are born into a family. We were adopted into this family. We were chosen by God to be a part of this family. He wanted us. He picked us out and chose us. He adopted us into this family. Woo! How special is that? He hand-selected us. When we put on Christ and our identity is secure in him, we have peace with him. We have nothing to fear in our life. What's the opposite of fear? That's better than the answer I thought I'd get. What does the world teach us is the opposite of fear? Oh, probably. What? Normally we think of somebody that's afraid should just be Strong, have courage, right? (laughs) That's a good one. But we think of that, right? If you're fearful, then you should have courage. Be a man, right? Grow up, just be a man. If a little boy is afraid of the dark, you don't have to be afraid, just be a man, right? That's not what the Bible says. 1 John 4.18 says us that tells us that perfect love casts out fear. So to me, the opposite of fear would be perfect love. So again, the world lies to us. The world tells us that if we if we have fear, we just need to you know just get tough and be a man. Well, first of all, I can't be a man. So that would mean that I would have to live fearful forever, right? Right? Because I can't be a man. I don't want to be a man. I don't want to open my own pickle jars. I have a man to do that. 
I have a man to open my car doors. I have a man to take my trash out. I have a man to do a lot of things in my life. I'm happy for that man. Anyway, sorry. But really, right? So once again, the world has lied to us. They have sold us a false bag of goods. They have told us that in in order to overcome fear, we just have to think positive thoughts. We just have to think strong. We just have to, right? No, we just have to be secure in his perfect. Thank you. Say it, everybody. We just have to be secure in his perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. So when we are fearful, we need to take on his love. The other thing that we need to do is get rid of our stinking thinking. I do agree with them there. We need to quit saying, I'm afraid that. That's hor- There's life and death in the power of your tongue. When your core identity, when your core value identity is secure in Christ, when you are secure in his love, quit saying that you're afraid. I'm afraid that. No, you're not. Because if you're afraid that, then you are not, your core value identity is not secure in Christ. You're taking your coat off. If you were here last week, you know what I'm talking about. We put on a jacket, we zipped it up, we buttoned it up, and we were secure in Christ. We put on his identity. We put on Christ. So if I'm afraid that the doctors are going to tell me I have cancer, then I've taken off his love. I've taken off Christ. I'm afraid that... I'm telling God, I don't want your love in this. So quit telling yourself you're afraid. Quit telling yourself you have fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love is the opposite of your fear. Quit being... um, I was going to say bipolar, but that's a worldly opposite. Opposites do not attract in this case. They're north and south poles. Be one or the other. Either you want fear in your life or you want his perfect love in your life. You can't have both. I personally want to stay on the perfect love side. I like the peace of God that passes all understanding. I like it when I hear the little noise in the dark and I can go, whoop, perfect love, get that out of here. So, my eternity, I mean, the the one thing that most people fear the most is death. I don't fear death. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. So the biggest fear in life is gone. When you are so secure in God that the biggest fear is gone, what else do you have to fear? No matter what life holds, I'm secure in Christ. 
I mean, what can man do unto me? I don't have to fear financial collapse. I don't have to fear physical ailments. I don't have to fear persecution. I don't have to fear tribulations. I don't have to fear trials. None of these things are going to move me. I'm securing Christ. I don't want any of these things. I'm not signing up for them. I'm not going to Herberger's 80% off sale to buy them. But if they come, I'm secure in Christ, that he will walk me through them. I know that Jesus is with me. I know that if they come, he will not allow me to be overtaken by them. I know that he will not allow me to be moved. I know that there's got to be something good in it for my good and his glory. There's got to be a purpose. And I know that he stood back and said, hey, have you considered my servant, Pam? That nothing comes my way that he does not allow. Like the apostle, I am confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1 and 6. Some things may not be comfortable. Some things may not be painless. But I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. I'm 100% convinced. I'm persuaded. Now, there's some things that I just bring on in my own life. Sometimes I'm not so smart. I still do some not really smart things. And then all I can do is say, oh, God, I am so sorry. That was not a smart thing. Please forgive me, God. And then it's his choice. He can either make me suffer through it or he can help me out. And I really am trying to do so much better at those dumb things. Excuse me if you don't like that word. But sometimes we just really do human things that are not so smart. And then his grace is even more sufficient. But, you know, in his mercy. But he's still with us. He loves us. My God is sovereign and over every moment of my life. I am secure in him. He will equip me for what he ordains in my life. And like I said, his mercy is with me even when I blunder because he loves me so much. It's like when my kids would mess up. Sometimes they accidentally spilt their milk. Other times they were playing around and they just messed up. And I still loved them. I still cleaned up the mess. But sometimes I kind of fussed at them a little bit more if they were messing around when they spilt it. You know better. You know but not to play around at the table. But I still helped him clean up the mess because I love him. He's bought us with his blood and he's robed us in his righteousness. The other part of this is the past does not have ownership over me. I have repented of my past. If you have a past that you have not repented over, repent of it today. Get it under the blood and then leave it there. If something from my past comes back to haunt me, knocks there and says, will you remember? No. God doesn't remember it. I repented of it. God doesn't remember it. So if it comes back, guess who is trying to remind me of it? It's not God. 
It is the enemy of my soul trying to beat me up and trying to discourage me and trying to rip me of my core value, trying to rip me of my worth. I am no longer that person. It has no place in my life. Satan, get thee behind me. You are a liar and the father of lies. We've already talked about that. If I have repented of it, it's gone. The slate is wiped clean and it has no place in my life. God does not remember it. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things, not some things, all things became new. It doesn't matter if it was a minute ago or a hundred, I'm not a hundred, but a hundred years ago. I know I'm vintage, but I'm not that vintage. So when the past comes back to try to remind me of how unworthy I am or how to bring, bring that guilt. Guilt is a horrible thing. I don't live under that guilt. It took me a long time to learn that lesson. And I would go back and say, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. And he, I can just see him up there going, what are you talking about? He didn't remember it. And finally, one day, the light bulb went on in this little brain of mine, and it was like, oh, I got it, God. The old has passed away. And the, the past doesn't rule. The past can't rule my identity either. The Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Don't pine away for the past. And don't pine away for the future either. Oh, I remember when. Oh, I wish that. If only I had. You don't. So get over it. Godliness with contentment. I highly like, I can't love anything tangible. So I highly like the clothes I have, the home I live in, the car I drive. Whatever I have at this moment and am blessed to have, I highly like it. I will take care of it to the best of my ability and use it for God's glory. (laughs) Now, I will be extremely happy when my unbroken washer gets delivered on Friday, but until that point, (laughs) godliness with contentment is great gain. I am thankful. However, when I lived in 800 square feet in Okinawa, I was just as thankful for my 800 square feet that I had to keep everything that was anything in a plastic bucket or it molded. And I had to bleach twice weekly. And I had to pour bleach twice weekly down every drain that had anything water in it or the cockroaches came running up it. And I I could go on. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Me, who does not do heat, lived in two seasons for 16 years. 
Godliness with contentment is great gain. If you're not content, suffice it to say, you are not secure in your core value identity. If you're always wanting, pining for the past or wishing for the future, to me, that's like the ungrateful child that is always wishing for something that they don't have. I couldn't, wouldn't want to live that way. So, the two things that we got to today are we no longer chase after the desires of our flesh, but instead seek to bring God glory in all, er- all areas of our life. Home, job, family, anything and everything. Everywhere we go, everything we do, everything we say, everything we think, everything. And then the second one was we no longer fear for the future, nor do we dwell on the past. So we might get through our couple-page handout by the time we're done. Who knows? I don't know. But keep working on your homework and keep going over those. Our core value identity. Be secure in who we are in Christ. Enjoy your brief break. I'm sorry I took a few minutes of your time, but God bless you. and. See you back for a wonderful...